You're now watching the CEO of you, you're locked in with Kaz Milligan. I'm Kaz Milligan and this is my first few chapters. I grew up with two big brothers, uh, but my biggest brother, when he ended up disappearing, he just sort of walked out, never came back. Um, like to stay loyal, like I'll never yeah. fuck anybody over, uh, I'll never leave a loved one behind. Already sad and I was like, oh, fuck it man, so I just kept drinking, I was like skinning bones at the time, like lifestyle like drove me into depression, anxiety, paranoia, all this shit. Like I was never religious or believed in God, but after like going through that dark time, I started begging and praying and that's when I started believing in God. Bro, put it this way, right? Apart from me, name one other creator from Scotland. Point proven. But you're judging me from a 20 second video. Go watch the other hours worth of me on podcasts, being humble, talking sense, trying to inspire, Go watch the hours of videos of me going into schools, giving back, giving away thousands to the kids. But like, there's so many hours upon hours of content out there of me somewhere on the internet being such a nice, genuine guy. My main mission in life is to make that 10-year-old Kaz Milligan happy as fuck. And that 10-year-old Kaz Milligan wanted to inspire the world, have a Lamborghini, have a mansion, have all these businesses, have an amazing family, and just life as you're growing up try and bring you back to reality and take your dreams away. I'm just making sure I'm letting go of these dreams. Welcome to the CEO of you. We believe that you are the CEO of your life and you have full control and responsibility on how you react to situations in your life. Always remember, life is 10% on what happens to you and 90% on how you react. Be the boss, be, be the, the CEO. CEO. So thank you guys for coming down. Thank, thank you for having me. You. Um, I've watched the documentary, obviously I spoke to you before, I've done a lot yeah. of research on you, checking out what you're doing before, and one thing I heard you mention a lot, which was, you was known as the King of Scotland. Still am. Still am. Still am. <laughs> okay, okay. All right. Did you choose that name for yourself, or did the people choose that name? Uh, my moves, they just decided that. I mean, it's no whether, it's no like an opinion, it, it's, there's no opinion on it, it's just mm. a fact. Like. There's 2021, 2022, I was the most spoken about individual in the country and nobody's doing it like me, whether that's just trolling online for clout, whether that's inspiring the kids. Like, I do everything. Like Some people yeah. might go on TikTok, just judge me from that, but I go in schools, inspire the kids. Like I go into hospitals, I give back to like the sick kids and stuff like that. So I just believe that I'm the most influential and inspiring person in the country. Did you intend to be that person or was it... You kind of grew up to a certain age and realised. Nah, I always wanted to be that person because in school, going through school, my school experience, I never had somebody like that to come in and inspire me. Like going through school, you know what it's like. Like your dreams are being crushed. You're getting brought back to reality, and it's just a bunch of bullshit. So I, I always looked and maybe seeked somebody to inspire me and to keep my dreams alive. So I just want to make sure that I'm that person to be there for anybody that's got dreams. So what was it like for you growing up? Did you have any inspirations as to where you were, as in seeing people reach heights that you never thought could be reached? Uh, not necessarily like success wise. Um, again, like where I grew up, you, you're not really exposed to success. Like you didn't really like keep an eye on that type of stuff. But I mean, growing up, the only person I looked up to in life was my biggest brother, which I mentioned in my documentary, um, that later on ended up just leaving my life. But 
Uh, apart from that, there was never really anybody that stood out to me, to be honest. I just knew I was almost looking for somebody to inspire me, for somebody to like open the doors and show me certain paths or what's possible in life. But I don't know, since nobody was really there to showcase that uh, or anybody we experienced that could be like, look, I've done it, this is what you can do. Mm. I almost just sort of envisioned myself doing it myself and just sort of looking at my future. Okay, so I've, I've watched your documentary and you did speak about your brother. Could you tell us more? Uh, I, so I grew up with two big brothers, uh, but my biggest brother, when I was 11, he ended up disappearing. He just sort of walked out, never came back. Um, and growing up, he was like my hero. Like he was the coolest guy alive, man. <laughs> uh, like I tried to like grow my hair like him, like everything. Um, but then him walking out has obviously taught me a lot about life, like to stay loyal and... I'll never ever leave any loved one behind, ever. Mm. Do you know what I mean? But that happened to me, obviously, it's quite traumatic, but at the same time, it sort of gave me the opportunity to be aware enough to never, like, fuck anybody over, yeah. in that sense. So what, what actually happened once he left? I don't know, because since I was only, like, I was, like, 11 or something, it was kind of like, oh... When's he, I don't know what to say the name, but when's he coming back? When's he coming to see us again? And then weeks go by, months go by. Over a decade later, he's still not there. So I don't. I was like, the, me and the family, we've never really discussed it. We've never really spoke about it. It's kind of just that thing that's just happened. Like we've just sort of accepted it and moved on. We never really spoke about it. And I'm no one for like, oh, I need to speak about something. Let me open up. I need you. Like, I, I, I don't know. I think it's kind of, I shouldn't think it's embarrassing, but I just kind of get embarrassed with that. Mm bit cringy or whatever so the way I wanted to deal with it is just put it out to the world because after a certain amount of time like 15 years or whatever it was just like oh I just get this shit off my chest man and I didn't know what to really speak to like loved ones or family or whatever so I was like fuck it let me get creative let me create this documentary and do it in a creative way and maybe revisit like on the documentary I created my last memory uh, with a actor the wee boy that represented me and then i just got it so like just speaking about it now obviously it's been a long time since yeah. you actually saw him so how do you when you actually think about this moment deep down how does it make you feel that you obviously still i don't know just a bit like see for me like i've dealt with like i've been through all the emotions it's more like questioning like how the fuck could you do that do you get me like i've got my best mate dows right his like weest sister Ellie she's like a little sister to me all the sisters are but she's the smallest one so it's like a wee sister bro I could never leave her and that's not even family yeah. do you get me so like how could you then do that to family almost and I get it. it's no it's no like it happens to a lot of people do you know what I mean but I don't know everybody's got a story and I do just you want that to question answered nah Nah, you don't want to nah. know the answer. No, nah, there's no even, like, will the answer scare me or whatever. I just got to the point where I just do not give a fuck. Yeah. Like, there's too much. Uh, growing up, I went through stages, like, emotional and then anger and, like, oh, maybe he's got his reasons to, like, I do not give a fuck. All of that aside, you sh shouldn't leave a loved one, man. There's no excuses. Do you get me? If you've got a loved one or a little brother or whatever, even if he's got his reasons deal with your fucking reasons he was in his 20s when it happened yeah. so it's like deal with your fucking issues and stick by your family there's no excuses in my opinion so did you did you ever try to reach out to him no why not try and find my him? my parents did 
obviously, but How did that go? just nothing. No answer. No. Even at this age right now, yeah. would you get in contact with him? No. Why? Uh, I honestly think it will get me in trouble, to be honest. <laughs> I'm being gen up. I think what do you mean in trouble? Yeah, what do you mean like, by that? I'd, what, I fuck him up. What? Because what is it done, bro? But what happens? So you've just said you've, ha- you've got all these questions and yeah. you've had all these questions, but what happens if there was a time to actually reconcile and he had his answers? Fuck his answers, bro. <laughs> What's his answer going to be? Oh, I was gone through shit. Cool, we'll go through your shit and deal with family at the same time. But people deal with issues differently. Exactly. There's correct so obviously, ways. obviously, you have the obviously clear, strong mindset where you know I've got an issue, I'll deal with it now. Uh-huh. A lot of people, obviously, clear, probably get up and go. So, what happens if he was like, listen, this is the X amount of reasons why? Mm-hmm. Would you ever sit down, talk to him, try and understand if he ever did come back? Because um, let's say, for all you know, he could be watching this when it comes out. It could be. So, what happens if he was like, you know what, I actually do want to come back? Yeah. What well, if he apologizes and explains? I've, Will you I've, be open-minded to let him? Nah. Damn. Nah, man, fuck that. Like, he, like, he knew, obviously, that yeah. kid, me, looked up to him so much. It's family, bro. Like, there's no excuses. Even if he's got his... I, in fact, I do not give a fuck about his reasons, man. I'm going to be totally honest. If you've got your reasons... It's like, bro, I wouldn't... Oh, I'm having a down day, I've got issues. I'm not going to just get up and run away from my family. Some people do, I get, but there's correct ways and incorrect ways of dealing with shit. And to me, that's incorrect. So I can see, well, I have a feeling that you kind of used him leaving as like fuel to like become who you are today. Partly him, yes. Well, I feel like him fueled me to be like, to have, I don't know, like to stay loyal. Like I'll never fuck anybody over. Uh, I'll never leave a loved one behind and like, those attributes in my life, moral are, values, uh, they're like as strong as they are because of that experience. So, like, just um, when your when your parents speak about it, and like, let's say your brothers, if you could, obviously, you said you remember your brother from a young age. If there's one thing you like, one lesson you've actually big lesson you've actually learned, what's that biggest lesson besides obviously never leave little ones behind? I'd, I don't know. I'd probably say that's the only lesson. Like what. I don't know. Maybe for an outsider's point of view, yeah. you just got anything like you just could maybe speak on, like other lessons that c- I could have learned for it. Like, um, for example, I would say leadership, because as a mm. big brother, obviously, you he did leadership wrong. Yeah. As in, that's what I'm saying. He should have stayed. He should have been there for his big mm. brother. But obviously, clearly wasn't. And then that's why I've watched your documentary. Yeah. And obviously, you talk about how you always want to bring people with you. You talk about how you want to love family. So, so I would have thought leadership was one you would mention. Yeah. I know. I true. That is true. Uh, leadership, definitely. But then again, leadership comes with never fucking over, over anybody and never leaving anybody yeah, behind yeah, and sure. all of that stuff. That's always like comes under leadership, I'd say. But um, uh, it's almost just do not become the cunt that he was, pretty much. Do you know what I mean? I never want to grow up to be that type of person. And I haven't, thank God. So Definitely not. <laughs> definitely not. <laughs> so in your documentary, you spoke about Going to London. Yeah. And you said you would, you couldn't afford your train ticket. Mm-hmm. T- I couldn't afford anything. Yeah. <laughs> t- tell us about that stage in your life. How old uh, was you? How old? 20? 21, maybe? It was like six, seven years ago. Um, I got an opportunity to work in London, went down. 
And then he asked me, after I went down a few times to model, and then he was like, look, I need a creative director. I need somebody to help run the brands. I want it to be you, like, stay longer. I was like, all right, cool. I wasn't going to miss this opportunity. So that's when I, legit, I had no money. I was like, bro, where am I even going to sleep? He was like, oh, I'll figure it out. And this must have been like 2, 3 p.m. at this point. I'm like, no, I need somebody to stay tonight, bro. I have no money. I'm broke <laughs> as fuck. He was like, no, nah, it's cool. So he lived with his girlfriend at the time, but it was just a one bedroom with an ensuite. It was like a shared kitchen. Oh. So it was like, right, you either stay at my grand's spare room or sleep on the floor while him and his girlfriend's on the bed, like right next to me. Yeah. And I was like, bro, I do not give a fuck. I'm just staying. Um, and he was like, right, cool. This is your target for the first day, which was the next day. Uh, make this amount of money by the time I'm back for work, because he still worked. Uh, he came back and I had like double or triple the tra target by the time he came back and he was like oh shit like let's do this pretty much do you know what I mean like yeah. you've showed up you've put the work in let's uh, make this a long term thing and then it was like three or four days went back up Scotland had to get more clothes and shit and then that was it I just kept jumping for the floor grand spare room and then when after like two or three months we built up enough money to get an office but that office it was like we never owned it or that, we rented it and you weren't allowed to stay in it and there was no heating or fuck all. But then sometimes I'd have to like just crush up cardboard or whatever and just kick yeah, there yeah. at night. Yeah. But then again, that's like shit that people in this modern day, they don't do, do not want to put in that work. Like they just want, oh, I need to do that, fuck that. It's like, no, if you want to reach heights of success, sometimes you need to go through that shit. And I feel like going through that has obviously taught me a lot as well, like hard work know getting everything handed to you and really putting in that hustle talk to me about the importance of taking risks because i know a lot of people what you did is a massive risk and it's yeah. ultimately paid off mm. so for the younger generation listening obviously you are a massive inspiration so just tell me what you would say to them about taking that risk i mean i spent like the younger generation is especially they've got time you've got time to fuck up like i took that risk when i was 20 21 yeah. Like to the younger generation that may be listening, that's maybe even 15, 16, you've already got five, six years ahead of me mm. to play about and try different things and take all these risks. And I do believe you should be taking risks your whole life, even if you're 30 and you hate your job or you hate your life or whatever it is and you want to better yourself, take the risk. What's the worst that's going to happen? You need to go back and work again. You've been doing it for 30 years. Take the risk. And if it doesn't work out, go back, reassess, figure it out and go again. You can always work on a side hustle your whole life. If you're not satisfied in your job throughout your whole life, then work on a side hustle your whole life. If it doesn't, if that side hustle doesn't turn into a full-time job, if, you, if you're passionate and you love the side hustle, then it's a passionate life you're going to lead ahead of you. Do you get me? Perfect. So I feel awesome. like I, everybody should take risks. Obviously, you do need to be a little bit calculated. Yeah. yeah. Um, Obviously, my risk wasn't too calculated. Yeah, I was, I was, yeah. <laughs> I was <laughs> broke and hopeless, but still a still a good risk you took. I know exactly. And the thing is, like the risk I had, I've got no grades. Like yeah. it, from school, I've got like I've got nothing, bro. At this point, do you get me? I'm just like a labourer on building sites or a pipe fitter and like chemical plants and shit. So I was like, right, either take this risk and I'm guaranteed experience, guaranteed contacts in the fashion industry. Or I just go back, broke, and find another job. Yeah. I'm going to fucking take the other one because I hated this life. So I was like, fuck it, I'm guaranteed contacts, experience, blah, blah, blah. And then it all paid off. I was literally about to ask you what pushed you into taking the risk because a lot of people kind of have 
they feel like they have everything to lose when yeah. they're taking a risk. Mm-hmm. Whereas you felt like I've got nothing to lose. There's nothing behind me, so I might as well keep exactly. going and forward. It's because like I, from a young age, I'm talking from school, I didn't know what I work. I didn't want like I just you just know that life. Like take a look. Like anybody listening, like take a look into the people that are working beside you that are 40 years ahead of you or take a look at your fat, whatever it is, man. Like I was a pipe fitter at the time before I quit my job. Hating it. Dreading to work to the weekend. Never mind the next 50 years. Yeah. <laughs> Do you get me? It's a long fucking time. And then I'd, I'd be working with a guy that's maybe 50 and he's struggling to get off his knees. Oh, do oh, you want to get out of here, pal? <laughs> I, I fucking do want to get out of here, bro. Like, I'm on scared. Like, do you get me? And I just thought, I do not want to be him when I'm 50, man. Um, and plus, like, I was on good money. I was walking away, clearing after tax, like a grand a week. And I, that's good money if you're like, in the grand scheme of things, almost, bro, I want to be a multi-millionaire. And I wasn't really going to make much more than what I was making. A grand a week cleared after tax is a shit hot wage. And I was aware of that. But I want a hundred X that. Yeah. And it was never going to happen. Do you feel like you was destined for greatness? Because you knew you didn't want to be normal. You knew that you wanted to be something bigger than you was. And then today you referred as the king of Scotland. Yeah. Oh no, a hundred percent. Like I feel like I remember growing up, right? And I was like, dad, like, I feel like I'm going to be somebody when I'm older, man. Mm. And like obviously, as a parent, you're you can you're concerned. Like you you want to protect your kids, right? But mama, by the way, before I get into that, because I don't know what word this, and people think that like my mum and dad's no supportive, or whatever. My mum and dad support me like all the way. They've got faith in me. They've got hope hope in me, and like they want the best for me, right? But obviously, when I'm saying this, when I'm like eight, my dad's like, I I feel like we've all sort of got that feeling though. I'm like, nah, but dad, this is different. Like, I could feel yeah. it, man. It's like a feeling like, oh, I'm going to win the lottery. Like, you're probably not going to do it, but you've got that you feeling. Feel it. Yeah. Do you get me? And I've just always had that feeling, man. I just knew something was going to be greater than just an ordinary average life. And by the way, people get offended when you're like, oh, that's an average life, when they're living the average life. Mm. Like, they forget the definition of average. Do you get me? That's what most people do. It's yeah. an average life, and I just did not want that average life, so... I just was waiting on my time, really. But obviously, the different stages that I went through in life that I touched into with the documentary, like the partying and all that shit, that obviously happened up until I was 24. Looking back, I kind of wish that the stage I'm going through now was happening in my early 20s, yeah. like 20, 21, 22. That would have mm. been fucking amazing. But everybody's got different timescales. Everybody's just like, their, their time's different. And I feel if I blew up, when I was 20, 21, 22, I would have been cancelled within a month. I was too <laughs> immature. Like, do you get me? I just, I wasn't ready back then. But I just knew it was going to happen. And it's not happened yet, by the way. Like, I'm still with my come up. I don't know what I come on this podcast and come across, like, arrogant or sounding like I've already made it. I've no, it's still just the start. I'm still humble as fuck. I'm aware that I'm still at the bottom, basically. Um, and, and I've still got a long way to go. Okay, and that, that's, that was beautiful. Said. So just want to touch on a topic you spoke about. You said um, for your younger years, you was obviously partying, living yeah. that life. And I think for me, myself, and Anthony, we kind of said, yo, if you really want to get to the top from now, you need to start as early as possible. Mm-hmm. So what was, is, would you say, what would you say to anyone who's, who's in, the, in the trap of the cycle of constant partying, wasting money, wasting time, and actually people who would always be like, 
I want to get to the top, but are doing the same average things. Yeah, uh, I don't know, man. I, would you redo it again? Or would you redo it differently? Your early 20s. Uh, the real one, if I, could, if I had a time machine, I'd do it differently. I'd start working for success earlier. I wouldn't go partying as much, but I feel like everything's happened for a reason. Like I would, I feel like me partying, obviously, like on the dock, that led me into depression and that dark stage. And I feel like I had to go through that to enter this new Casmilligan. So maybe if I go back in time, and then I, I don't party and I go success, I don't go through that whole stage, and then maybe it'll bite me in the arse forty years down the line. You never know. Um, so I'm just gonna. I've, the real one, if I had a time machine, I'd go back, I'd be a millionaire by the time I'm 23. But I feel like everything happens for a reason and I wouldn't want to, like... It's happened adjust. on time. Yeah. So you briefly mentioned that depress, depression stage. Mm -hmm. Tell us more about that. That was scary, bro. So I was, like, partying, I'm talking five times a week. Five? Did if you I, know, how, how have you got energy to go Did you never feel tired, bro? Bro, never. But I, that's what I'm saying, bro. I had no grades. Like I was, This was like for the period for maybe like 20 to 24. So I worked up until I was like 20, 21, right? I saved up a lot of money. As I say, I was on a grand a week, right? So I saved up a decent amount of cash. But while, like, I'd done a, quite a lot of like partying and then obviously London shit happened. But I was, when I was like in London hustling, I was still going out drinking and shit like that at the weekends and stuff, right? But then I was only in London for a year. So when I came back, I was still, I think it was maybe like 22, going on 23 maybe, something like that. Uh, and then I went hard with the partying again. But then that obviously led to the depression and shit. Aye, that whole, the whole drinking thing that ended up, I was just addicted to the lifestyle, man. Like, as I say, I had no grades. I had like, I had almost nothing to live. Because when I came back to London, I thought my dreams were crushed. I was like, yeah already sad and I was like oh, fuck it man so I just kept drinking I was like skinning bones at the time like zero grades like basically no future so and that lifestyle like drove me into depression anxiety paranoia all this shit I was bed bound for like five six months but that was also needed because in that period of being like heavy depressed and shit I was able to reevaluate life and that's when I had the chance like my life paused basically because I was yeah. always non-stop since an early like 10 11 so that period of me like being bed bound that was the time when I actually looked back at my life and I was like right what's all happened and that's when I was able to then look back at mm. when my brother left and I was like oh maybe I've got certain like trust issues and shit like that maybe it's because of this and I was able to like basically learn who I am as a person in that time period of being bed bound uh, and in that time period, obviously, I was, like, mentally fucked and, like, close to, like, suicide and shit. Um, and then once I came over it all and I, like, I beat it all, that's when I was, like, right, this, I feel like I've got a second chance at life almost. So I need to just make sure I smash it. That's when I started creating the business, building it and getting my name out there again. But this time successfully. And then that's when I started blowing the fuck up. That was, like, three years ago. So would you say the partying lifestyle and that hustle, would you say it made you or destroyed you? Ooh, it destroyed me at the time, but it made me mentally strong. Please tell me why and how exactly. Uh, well, it destroyed me at the time because obviously I went into depression, mm. blah, blah, yeah. blah. Um, but if I never went into that depression and shit, if it didn't destroy me, then I 
later down the line it would have like eventually it was going to catch up on me right yeah. but since i went through that dark time and i came out mentally stronger and shit and like i basically realized that you can't fuck about in this life too much do you get me i was like mm. this could be taken away for us like this and that's when I realized that, right? So it was like a moment of like, fuck. And like, I was never religious or believed in God, but after like going through that dark time, I started begging and praying and that's when I started believing in God. And then I just, I don't know, my mind and eyes just got opened up differently through that dark stage. Yeah. Um, and just sort of reevaluating my life and seeing where that lifestyle took me and made me who I am today. And I just know now there's no distractions Everything I do is career-driven or done in good intentions. Like, there's never, like, a bad intention. Like, back then, like, I'd say to one of my boys, like, oh, you want to come on a night out? They'd be like, nah, and I'm chilling. And I'd keep going, keep going, until they come out. Fair enough, when you're younger, that's normal, right? Mm. But, bro, you're being a bad friend. He doesn't mm. want to fucking go out. Stop being, to <laughs> like, stop being toxic. You're going to lead them into that lifestyle, the pure demonic lifestyle, or getting drank, drugs are ended up involved, blah, blah, blah. And, like just small things like that i was able to see through a different light and i'm like fuck now life's different so in that dark time yeah did you have any like i'm not sure whether to call them bad habits or coping mechanisms do you what when i was like bed bound yeah nah i had not nah. bro i was like i couldn't even think straight i was like hallucinating outer body experiences i was just trying to stay alive every day like there were there was i, I was no even functioning did you have anyone to help you through that time? Nah, because I was too scared to even think about it at the time. Never mind talk about it. Mm. So like when I was going through that, I I'd maybe like wake up and I'd instantly be sweating and just scared of life, right? So then when I thought about it, I'd get deeper in a this rabbit hole with thinking and then I'd start hallucinating it. Bro, it was, I've never still to this day heard anybody talk about it. I've tried Googling it to like maybe relate to some people. I've never heard it what I went through. So I hope one day somebody is like, cause I went through that exact thing and we could maybe talk about it if they're comfortable doing so. But what I went through is fucking scary. Imagine like a trip of acid lasting five, <laughs> yeah. lasting five months and you think to yourself, it's never gone away. Did, didn't, didn't you was, feel like this is the end of me? Like yes, I'm bro. never going to be able to do Anything. Anything. I can't function. That's what I'm saying. That's exactly how it was. So then after like five months, I was literally in my bed, right? Crying, bro. Like, this is it. Like, I'm, I'm not going to get better. It's been months. I'm fucked. Like, my, and bear in mind, I'm no drinking. I'm no, I'm literally bed bound at this point. There's no toxic shit in me. So it's just my mind's fucked at this point. Like, I'm just hallucinating and shit for no reason. So then I thought to myself, do I check myself into a mental hospital? But then I thought, if I get in there, if I get in there, what if it just gets worse and I never get out? What if, like, do you get me? That could yeah, be, the, yeah. that could be, I'll be cuckoo forever. Do you know what I mean? Maybe family will come and visit me and I'm like, oh, who are you? Blah, blah, blah. I'm <laughs> fucked. So then that's when I say that night, like, tomorrow it's done. I'm going to just end life. And then that night, I was like, fuck it, I've tried everything. Let me just try and pray to God and beg God. Again, I didn't believe in God like growing up, never until this point. And bro, I'm telling you, I was on my knees, begging, crying. I was like, God, if you're out there, please give me another chance. Like, 
I'll stop drinking, I'll stop smoking, I'll stop all the bad shit, the toxic shit a day. Please just give me another chance. I woke up the next morning feeling better. I was like, that is not a coincidence. Yeah. I swear to God, I was like, and that's when I realized, like, bro, from now on, God's real to me. I believe in God, right? But then, uh, I was just, uh, it's not a coincidence. You're baptized? Uh, what's that? Oh, the water? Yeah, water. By the way, I don't know if I am, because my family's not even religious. But I think they maybe just done it's it. Like for a, it's like a real reawakening, like you get rid of all your sins. Like a refresh. I've never done that time. as a. I think it happened to me maybe when I was a baby, but I think my mum and dad maybe just done it for the party. I don't know. Yeah, I'm about to say a lot of families probably. Because so like mama, yeah. like it's no, we're no religious family. Like even to this day, I don't follow a religion. I just believe in God. I've just got my personal mm. relationship, and that's it. I don't know if that's right or whatever. I don't know. I'm new here. If you made it to this far in the episode, be sure to. Subscribe, like, and leave a comment down below. It helps a lot more than you guys know. It's still. Right. Have you ever thought to, um, okay, that lifestyle, have you ever thought you was running away from anything? Is that why you was probably drowning yourself in alcohol and drugs, that lifestyle? Like, is there a specific reason you've actually thought, why was I doing this? By the way, like, see, when I was bedbound, I started trying to think of that stuff, but I didn't want to force an excuse. Like, at the time when I was just drinking, partying, it's not like I was sad and I was like, oh, I need to drink or wake up, like, whatever. Yeah. I just loved that lifestyle. Like, I thought it was amazing, drink, drugs, girls, like, every night. I just thought it was fucking unreal. So, but then when I got out of it and I was like, well, maybe it's because of this, maybe it is because, like, in, like, the older generation's eyes, like, I'm low-key a failure. I've got no grades at school, like, I've no got a good, I've not got a career. I'm just jumping job to job, like I'm low-key a failure to society. So I was thinking to myself, like, maybe I was just trying to distract myself because I've no got a career, because of whatever happened growing up. But then I still, I still don't know, I maybe still try to figure that out. I, but again, I didn't want to force an excuse on it, mm. if that makes sense. Did so you, I'm still unsure. Did you ever think to talk to a therapist? I did. You I did? did. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I okay. thought about it. We had a recent guest who had, um, spoke about a lot about therapy. And obviously he had a lot of issues on yeah. the coven line issues that he had to deal with. So yourself, did you have any? I thought about it, yes, but again, since I was like, it wasn't just like I was down and depressed and a bit sad. Yeah. Like I was saying, it was like hallucination and shit. Yeah. What I was going through was that scary. As I said, I didn't even, like if I think about it, I was going deeper in a rabbit hole. Never mind speaking about it. I was too scared to speak about it, even to a therapist. It was just too petrifying to me. So did you not? Never tried. Yeah. Never tried. I thought about it, but even when I thought about it, I just started panicking. So I just never done it. Would you try? What about now? To now. By the way, I, uh, now I thank God I'm 100% a human being again. Like I'm perfectly fine. But I suppose it would be nice to like maybe like, like sit down. Do you know what I mean? Just like this and have a conversation with somebody. But <clears throat> I don't know. Like I've got Gigi now. Do you get me? Like I've got people to talk to. And since I'm no longer in like scared to think about it, never mind speak about it. I'm in the position where I can just talk about it in a casual conversation just like this. So I don't know. Like I do recommend therapists to everybody if you're going through bad times and you don't want to open up to like loved ones or whatever, go to a therapist 100%. Um, they're valuable. But for me, I don't know. Maybe I will later on. Did you ever do anything like meditating or breath work or anything No, like no that? during that. Like, as I, like through, through that bad stage, I never done nothing. I was just gripping onto life like please stay alive but like i meditate sometimes but that's more like just for success do you know what i mean like i'll okay. do i'll do yeah. certain stuff now 
just to stay focused, like manifestation and stuff like that. Okay. Okay. So what was like, so what was your next steps after London and then you decided I want to start partying? How did you rise to the person you are today? The dark stage happened. And then as soon as that finished, well, I, I, like a bit, when I started getting better, yeah, I was still no 100%, but I was like slowly getting better. And that's when I realized like I'm going to live. Because even, by the way, going back, before I started getting slightly better, see if you look into your future, whether that's 10, 20 years or whatever, you see shit. Maybe a family or you could picture yourself. Mm-hmm. I went through a period that was the first time I've ever, this has ever happened. I'd say to myself, like, think of the future. And I'd try and imagine it, and it was just a black screen in my mind. I could not think of anything. And that's when I started, like, oh, fuck. Is, like, maybe that's another sign that it's done. But when I started getting better, I started looking at the future and I started seeing shit again. I'm like, thank God. But then that's when I realized, right, I've got the experience for London. I've got the contacts for London, like manufacturers, graphic designers, photographers, videographers, models, blah, blah, blah. So that's when London came back, like, in use again. Do you know what I mean? Like, maybe three, four years later or whatever. How did you like, use it? I created my brand. What's so, your brand? Legan Goods. Mm. So that's when I was like, right, I've got the experience, contacts, everything. Let me do this shit myself. Let me just give life another chance. Legan's going to be the purpose. So Legan is the second half of my surname, but also stands for something. It's a savior of something that was wrecked. I was the wreckage at the time, hoping it would save my life. Do you get me? So that was like my first purpose once I started getting better for this dark stage. So like I started living with a purpose again. Because remember before that, I didn't have a career. I had nothing to live for. I was just... A failure that was cutting job to job to job to job just trying to get a paycheck at the end of the week. So now I've got a purpose. So let me take all the experience and contacts I've got, put it to this new business and start growing that. When I started growing that and launching it, that's when I started putting my name out there again. At this time, I think I maybe had like 10K followers or something. I was like, right, I've got 10K people I could start targeting. I've been fucked for a few months. I've kind of low-key fell off, right? Let me get back on social media properly. So I started growing the business, shit like that. And then, I don't know if you've seen the whole chocolate cream stuff. Did you see that in your research? No. Nah. 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 Right, What's cool. the chocolate cream stuff? Like, oh, fuck. I don't want to talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing that first blew me up. Like, I started, I done a TikTok talking about my Starbucks order and the way, with my accent, the way I pronounced chocolate, it randomly blew up. Everybody, like, I'm talking 80 to 100 tweets about me a day in Scotland. People tweeting the thing out. DJs were making, like, remixes and playing it on set. The way like, you say chocolate? The way I say chocolate. So they spell it C-H-O-A-K-L-I-T. And it's been a thing ever since. But that's the original thing that blew me up. So when that first blown up, I was like, remember, and this is only a few weeks after... I started getting better. So it's all And all of this started happening. Do you get me? So I'm like, I started having heavy faith. I was like, right, I could either ignore this because I'm blown up for the wrong reasons. Like, (laughs) it's just my accent. But if I ignore it, I'm then hoping for another opportunity to blow up in a more positive light. I was like, I'm not taking that risk. I'm gripping this and I'm taking it to the moon. So that's when I started feeding into it more. I started over-exaggerating my accent. I started screenshotting tweets, putting it on my Instagram story for more people to be influenced, to tweet, hoping they'd get on my story. And I just kept going and playing the public. And then that came up. I then went to Legan Goods, brought out beige sunglasses and called them the chocolate creams. They sold out six times straight. Bam, bam, bam. 
And then oh. everything just started going for there. TV up here, like, things just started happening. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's how, that's how, it's like, it's, that's how you capitalise. Bro, exactly, that's what I'm saying. But it all came legit straight after the, the dark period. It's mental. That's, do you have any other businesses? Uh, I mean, you could class Kaz Milligan as a business. I make money just being me. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then I've got Lagan. Yeah. Uh, I'm currently, I'm still not even, I need, I need to get on it proper. I've still, I'm starting a business development company, uh, helping businesses maybe like project their bit. Like, there's a lot of businesses out there that want to be known or seen a certain way or a certain style, but they've maybe no got the vision or the content or whatever that may be to actually put their vision out there, if that mm. makes sense. So I'm starting like a business development company. I've got my videographer, make some content for businesses and stuff like that. That's like a heavy, heavy side hustle right now. I'm not even like focusing too much on that. Um, but even social media, bro, that's just like fun to me. Like I like growing on social media. I like mm. binding people up. I like making content. I love coming on podcasts. Um, and I just truly believe that Kaz Milligan in a couple decades or whatever it may be is going to be like a massive name in a positive way and in an influential way and in an inspiring way. Like, I just know that I'm here for a greater reason. Okay, so I was going to I was gonna ask you about like in terms of relationships. Yeah. Was you focused on that? At what point did you want a relationship? It wasn't until... I started focusing on my career and shit. Like, yeah. back then, it was just, like, do you know what I mean? Living differently. Yeah. <laughs> like enjoying the single life, right? Let's just yeah, say yeah. that. But then as soon as I was, like, 24, that shit happened. And I was just career-driven. Again, I wasn't really focusing on girls. I wasn't focusing on relationship. I just wanted to sort my life out, get my career back. Uh, well, get a career. And uh, sort of just strive on that. And then past maybe i don't know probably like the past year or so and i'm like fuck i want to do this with someday i want like because i'm building an empire and i'm mm -hmm. still at the very bottom i've only laid a few bricks i want to build this massive empire but i don't know what to do it alone of course you've got your friends of course you've got family but they're not going to be there every day they're not going to help you every day. it's not their job to help you do you get me um so that's why i want like a girl to come in and not only just help but do you know what I mean? Like now I've got Gigi, for example, right? So it's like, right, cool. I always have deep chats, right? Probably, she probably sometimes gets bored there. But I'm, no, oh, no, she's in the back. But like, I'll sometimes say to her, like, oh, what do you be, want to be known for? Like, when you're 40, how do you want to inspire people? Like, let's start working on that. And she's a makeup artist. And like, she's like naturally amazing on camera, like talking to the community. We've been live only a few times and she's already got a community, like, asking her questions and they want to be updated and shit like that. So I feel like me and Gigi could like proper come together and sort of build something special as well. Yeah, there's just so many different ways to grow and like, yeah. like, do you know what I mean? It's just, there's, ah, oh, there's infinity ways, man. Yeah, that's crazy to say that. Cause obviously when I was um, younger, obviously I used to get told that having loads of girls was cool. But really it's not. So if you could tell the younger generation, what would you say to the younger generation who the importance of having just one woman, the correct woman, instead of just focusing on um, having so many, so many. I'm going to be honest. I can only speak on my experience, right? That's that's fair. That's what so we I'm only I'm going to have to say, go through a certain chapter if you really want to go through it. Like I think everybody sort of needs to go through a certain time in mm -hmm. life, whether that's gone out partying or 
messing around with girls or boys for the girls listening. But as long as you do it, like just don't be a dickhead. Do it with good intentions, enjoy yourself, make sure you've got respect for the other gender or the same gender. And just, if you do it respectfully, cool. Enjoy that moment of life. But soon you'll overcome it. And then as soon as you have, just try and find the love of your life and just focus, double down and stay focused in life pretty much. So as you were blowing up and your name was kind of known, and you were the king of Scotland. Yeah. By the way, wait, wait, please hold that thought. But oh. I just want to say quickly, right? So please, like, don't forget. I didn't, like, obviously, I've only been on a couple podcasts in England. Yeah. I didn't want it to come across, oh, I've already blew up. I'm not wanting people watching this, but like, oh, didn't, I do not know this guy. Like, I'm known in Scotland. Yeah. I want yeah. to just branch out, finally, like, reach new people and stuff like that. That's why, right, carry on. Okay, so yeah, I, was, I just wanted to, I just wanted <laughs> I know, to stay yeah, humble yeah. for a bit. So I was just going to say, as you were known in Scotland, yeah. wasn't it kind of like, when you were ready to like settle down, wasn't it kind of hard to like pick who was going to be there for the long term? Does that make sense? Uh, whether like people was in it for the wrong reasons or not. Yeah. yeah. Especially uh, coming off the, um, you said you were on a love show as well. Yeah. So how did you find um, that, especially coming off that? Uh, I mean, that, that was just an amazing experience. I'd just done that for the experience, really. Like, bucket list sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but you just sort of know for the get-go, to be honest. And, like, the best thing about Gigi, she didn't know who I was before she met me. So yeah, I was that's, like... That's perfect. Yeah, that's, that's like, <laughs> do you get me? So uh, that, that was a good thing. But you just know who's sort of in it for the bullshit and who's not really. Like, even when it comes to, like, people, like, try to be certain pals or whatever... And even your friends as well, you start realizing like, who's trying, like, if Timothy should try and capitalize on a friendship. Do you get me? You want to be there for each other and you want to help each other grow. But then when like, ad taking advantage and shit like that, bro, I've lost, so I've got such a small circle, such a small, I've got could probably count in one hand how much like proper friends are in my circle that I didn't need to talk to every day, who's genuinely happy for me, mm. for the shit that I do and like just wish the best for me and I'll obviously do it back but there's a lot of people out there that could be their pals but are they congratulating you when you've done something special like do you know what I mean mm. and even if they're no thriving for greatness or whatever you could still congratulate them if they've got maybe a promotion in work or mm. every do you know what I mean there's still special things they can still do for you to then give back like that love but uh was your circle always small or did you have to cut some people off? Uh, no, it was always quite small, to be honest. And then it's like maybe like every so often a couple of people go at a time. But I feel like that's just sort of grown up as well throughout your early 20s. You sort of realize mm. who's like your real friends and who's like the nightclub friends. Almost yeah. can they get people are there that you just the only interest you've got or the similarities you've got is going out to party at the weekend. That's the only reason you're really friends, do you know what I mean? But once you start growing older a wee bit and you start realising, like, right, fuck that shit, because it's no, like, if that shit's going to last forever, the club will be filled with 50-year-olds. It's no, for a reason. <laughs> yeah. It's only a stage in life, right? So when you're past that stage in life, you start getting interest. Oh, maybe I like art, theatre, museum, like, whatever your interests are. If your nightclub friend has zero the same similarities or interests as you, you will naturally drift away. Do you get me? There is some people that stay friends that are complete opposites, of course, but it doesn't happen often. How did they react when you decided, like, yo, I want to get up, change my life, put myself on a better path? 
everybody in my life just knew it was going to happen. That's what I'm saying. Like, when you asked me, like, uh, did you always feel like you were going to strive for greatness? Mm. I feel like everybody around me knew. For me. Like, I don't know. I must, I don't know what, what it's just growing <laughs> just up. Just bro. I just <laughs> had that aura. Everybody just knew if anybody in my area was going to surpass the average life, everybody would say me. Even the haters. Because I say this as well, right? The haters might say whatever, like, back in my area. Oh, I would never pick. All right, cool. You've got 100 grand. Mm-hmm. You have to place a bet on who's going to make it from my area. Who are you putting your money on? If you add money to that bet, they're putting it on me because they know that I'm going to win them that bet. Do you get me? Mm-hmm. Haters like to talk shit until you sort of look at it in a different light. Everybody knew it was going to be me, man. I'm just the king. (laughs) (laughs) So I I just wanted to ask you, so like, did you think he was better than anyone, everyone else around you? Because I know, I know a lot of celebrities like Kanye West, for example, Mm -hmm. probably a few others, they've got kind of this ego. Yeah. And it's like, I'm better than you. Yeah. I deserve to be in that position. Nah, I'm not better than anybody, bro. Um, I've just sort of took a different path to life that no much people take. Um, I've got, I'd say I've got more experience than the average person my age, um, but that doesn't mean I'm better than anybody. Um, a lot of people who's got better attributes or characteristics or whatever it may be that I've maybe not got. Um, but uh, I don't think I'm better than anybody. But like, see that dark stage I was talking about? Yeah. That killed an ego. Like that's when I realized like, I'm just a fucking shell. Like, do you get me? Like, that helped me so much. And now, like, if you see me online, especially TikTok, you're going to think I've got an ego. You're going to think I'm a prick because I just troll the haters in such a cocky way, right? But you're judging me from a 20-second video. Go watch the other hours worth of me on podcasts, being humble, talking sense, trying to inspire. Go watch the hours of videos of me going into schools, giving back, giving away thousands to the kids. But like, there's so many hours upon hours of content out there of me somewhere in the internet being such a nice, genuine guy. But everybody wants to ignore that hours worth of content and judge me off that 20 second TikTok where I'm putting on a character to wind people up. Do you get me? Yeah. So. Wow, that was amazing. You said, that's giving me a bit of Tate vibes, that is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they only pick up on the worst parts. Um, that's what I asked you a question. So it seems like you definitely broke the barrier by getting, obviously you're reaching a lot more to England and building. So becoming the King of Scotland, yeah. Do you, do you feel like you've now broken the barrier for other people in Scotland? Facts. Yeah, so, mm. t- so t- t- tell me what you feel like you as a person have done for your country. Right, bro, put it this way, right? Apart from me, name one other creator from Scotland. I can only name one footballer, Scott McTominay. He's not even a creator. <laughs> He's not even exactly. a creator. Point proven. Point proven. Scotland, it's like, I don't know, it's like Manchester finally getting recognised in grime back in the day. Do you get me? I it's like, creator-wise, nobody in Scotland surpassing Scotland. Like, like, I used to always think, oh, imagine if I'm like the most popping guy in Scotland. I was. No much, I'm saying no much came from it. Obviously, I'm, I still need to work to then grow from that yeah. but I was the most popping in Scotland bro and it was still just no enough like I was able to monetize it because I had my own business shit never came to me 
Do you get me? But if you're the most popping in the whole of the UK, money's different. Opportunities just flooding. Do you get me? But Scotland is just not enough. So that's when I was realized, when I realized, right, this isn't enough, I could easily fall off. I could easily still go broke again. I need to surpass Scotland. So now I'm working to widen out. I've been Belfast last week, two podcasts there, Worcester this morning, Birmingham today, and I just, I just want to be everywhere, man. And it's no other reason than I want to inspire people, I want to influence people, I want people to realise that if I can do it, anybody could do it, and just, just inspire the world, man. So, during this time, have you ever felt imposter syndrome? Do you know what that is? I got... My brother tried explaining that to me a wee while ago. What is, what is that again? Basically, is that feeling like you didn't deserve... It's basically a feeling of you're in a room of other successful people and you don't feel like you should be there. Right. I don't know the humble answer to this, right? But I do not get that. I'm in a room and I'm like, finally, I'm fucking here. Wow. I knew this was coming. Definitely I'm man. Right. <laughs> so I've not, I've not got it. No, I've never heard that because, bro, again, I've predicted everything up until now. I predict stuff now that's going to happen within the next three to five years. I manifest everything. I knew where I was going to be in life. I knew exactly just everything I do, bro. It's been thought. I've grew up dreaming to do it. As I say, my main mission in life is to make that 10-year-old Kaz Milligan happy as fuck. And that 10-year-old Kaz Milligan wanted to inspire the world, have a Lamborghini, have a mansion, have all these businesses, have an amazing family. And just life as you're growing up, try and bring you back to reality and take your dreams away. I'm just making sure I'm not letting go of these dreams. And I will continue to do everything I say I'm going to do. And being in a room with successful people, I knew it was coming. Everything that happens, I, I'm just like, finally, I'm here. Give myself a pat on the back and be like, you're doing it. Okay. Nice. So do you feel like what you do, because you mentioned how you just want to share the message about what you did, yeah. inspire people. However, you also want to build your own name to let people know who you are just as well as in Scotland and England. Yeah. Do you feel that you do what you do for selfish reasons or for selfless reasons? Both. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and say, I, I only want to give back. I like the feeling of making money. I like the feeling of people knowing who I am. Mm. Like, it's not really a bad thing, man. Like, it's not, fuck it's it. Not. But... For example, right, obviously, like, do you believe in God? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, right. So, for example, I never believed in God, right? But when, obviously, that shit happened, I started praying. Every time that I pray, I only pray for God to use me as a tool to inspire the world. Every time. Every night. I'm like, I know I'm here for a greater reason. I know you've given me a second chance for a reason. Use me to inspire the world. Mm. And that's it. Is that your purpose? I feel like it is. And to make that 10-year-old Kaz Milligan happy. Like the Lamborghini, the yellow Lamborghini, the mansion, I know that shit is materialistic. It's no important in life. Again, I'm just no letting go of my dreams. Every little boy wants the mad cars, the mansions. Every little girl wants to be a pop star. Why let go? Why? What, because your teachers and your mum and dad and shit like that says it's unrealistic? Fuck that. Go out, work, chase your dreams and make shit happen. What does money mean to you? Money means a tool to create freedom for me to then find happiness. Happiness is the key. 
Happiness is the end goal. You're not going to be happy without money. Fact. And if anybody's watching this, be like, oh, well, I live an average life and I'm happy. Why are you stressing at the end of the month to pay your bills then? Most people fucking do. Stressing every month is not true happiness. It's not. You're maybe happy with the family you've got. You're maybe happy, oh, I just come back from work and I chill with my family. Cool, that's amazing. Are you happy in your work? And by the way, the minority that are truly fucking happy, they live within their means, they don't stress each month, they go to their 95 that they love, they come back to their family. See if that's you, you've made it in life. I'm jealous, I envy that. But just because I live a different life and that life doesn't fulfill me, doesn't mean for them to then judge me because I want more. I'm jealous of you. I'm the one losing. If it's a battle between you and me, even if I'm making half a million a year and you're on 20 grand a year, if you're happy and I'm no, you're ahead of me. But I'm just the certain guy that I'm always wanting more. And that's what makes me happy is wanting more, striving for more. Right, I've achieved that. How can I double it? No just in money. Whether that's, right, I've been on four podcasts this week. Oh, I'll day eight next week. I reached 100,000 people this month. Let me reach 200,000. Whatever it is. I started two businesses this year, let me do four the next year. Whatever it is, I just want more. Some people might say that that's a toxic way of living because you'll never be happy. But if I've got an end goal and I achieve that by the time I'm 50, I've still got another 40 year. If what? No purpose because I've reached my end goal. Another 40 year of dusting about, going on holiday. That shit's going to get boring. I've already lived 27 years. I've not even done 40 yet. Do you know what I mean? And if I wasn't chasing my dreams and doing what I'm doing now, I would have been fucking bored. So just, uh, what was the question? <laughs> I was in my zone there, by the way, and I was like, let me go back to the question, but I the forgot. The question was, what does money mean to you? Oh, aye. Um, you answered I, it. I just answered, answered it. it. I was going to say... Um, Fuck, that's a sick clip, man. Yeah. <laughs> put it in the trailer. Put it in the trailer. <laughs> I was going to say, <coughs> on your journey, yeah. you've kind of gravitated towards making money. Mm -hmm. Like, you don't want to be broke anymore yep. that did that take away time from like relationships family 100 percent. but true family that love you true friends that have good intentions they understand that because if you're not happy and you want to make more money and you want to build a career text me in a year i'll still be here i want the best for you if you're going to be unhappy for a whole entire year because you know where you want in life then why would your true friend or loved family member want that for you they would just want the best. So if that means you disappearing for, even if it's just a month or whatever, go away, disappear and do it. And I'm no big on the whole, oh, disappear and delete social medias for six months, come back and shoot. <laughs> Fuck that, shut up. Social media is important, you need it. It helps your business, it helps, like, don't do that. Be there, but just make sure you're fucking working. And if that means disappearing, your true friends and your true family members, they're gonna understand it and be there whenever you wanna come back. Yeah, that's that's great. I was going to say, so you said before, um, you couldn't really see your vision, mm -hmm. future where you want to be now. Yeah. How clear is your vision to where you want to be in the next 10 to five years? Has, has it been narrowed down to the <clears throat> angle? Uh, nah, no, really. Again, like oh, the whole five year or 10 year thing, I feel like that's an impossible answer in this day and age because everything changes so quickly. TikTok wasn't a thing about five, 10 years ago or whatever, before like, obviously you had that music clear or whatever, but it wasn't what it is now, five years ago. Social media wasn't even a thing 15 years ago or whatever it was. 
Do you get me? Like things change so fucking quickly in this life where I'm, I don't want to be like, oh, I want to be here in life in five or 10 years. Let me just take year by year. I know how big I want to be in that period. I know the amount of people I want to touch on, the minds I want to touch and shit like that. But when it comes to like career-wise and shit, who knows in this life, man, anything could happen. As I say, look what has happened in the past seven years for me. The next seven could just a hundred exit. If I was to give you, I don't know, a billion pounds, and I told Ooh. you, <laughs> <laughs> and I told you, just sell the business, get rid of it. You and your girlfriend, your family, go anywhere you want, just mm-hmm. live life. But you can't work. Ooh, just, just gotta live fuck. life. Would you do it? Because that means you technically would have. I've got responsibilities mm, for people I could now sort out. Yeah. If you say just me, I'd reject it. But the fact you've brought in my girlfriend and my family, mm-hmm. I know they need to think, right, I could sort my mum and dad out, blah, blah, blah. It's generational wealth. But if I cannot work again, I couldn't do it. Literally, you just have to chill. On the beach, TV. Fuck that. No. Because I honest, I'd probably just go back into depression, to be honest. I would, I've not got a purpose at that point. I've just got money to spend and that's it. Fuck that. And by the way, I love money. I want a shitload of it. But I want to work for it. I want... If you gave me a billion... That's enough for that. And I was still able to build businesses, even though I know it does not matter how much money the businesses make because I've got <laughs> unlimited money. Yeah. But at the same time, I just want to work on something. I want to build, I just like building. I like growth. I like building stuff. So uh, if it was never to work again, I couldn't. What would your girlfriend say about that? Slap me, probably. Uh, No, I don't know. The people knowing you, like people knowing who you are. Uh, Yes. It gives you fulfillment Mm. in what way? Bro, I'm going to just be truthful, man, because I could, oh, no, blah, blah, blah. No, fuck that. Like, it makes you feel amazing, bro. Just having people know you. And because I'm... There's a lot of people that know me out there, right? And they try and hate and blah, blah, blah. But I've never done one single negative thing ever on social media. So the only reason you're hating me is because, one, you hate people that are doing well for themselves or you fucking hate my accent. I couldn't give a fuck. Like, the only thing I do publicly is positive shit. Do you get me? So... Deep down, I'm only known for doing positive stuff. The haters will find other reasons to hate on me, but it's not because I'm a bad person. Do you understand? So as long as I keep publicizing myself positively, then I'm only known for good reasons. And then being known for good reasons is fulfilling. Okay, so then let's say I was to meet one of your friends tomorrow. Yeah. And I asked them, Kaz Milligan. What do you think about him? What do you think they would say? Do you want to answer this? So if you could tell me, I've never met Kaz, mm-hmm. just tell me about Kaz Milligan, what would you say? Um, I'd say that he's determined, headstrong. Um, I don't want to say clever, that's boring. You're like really good at kind of taking advantage of what, what you have and putting it towards like the best outcome that you possibly can and you're you're loving thoughtful you're considerate all the all the all the good lovely stuff that you want in a person but just better because you're the best so wow <laughs> fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. Thank you. <laughs>
dies. So there's your answer. <laughs> Great answer as well. Great answer. All right. Two final questions now. Two final questions. Yeah. The last one is, if you could leave a message, obviously you said the younger generation, the younger Kaz Milligan. So let's say there's probably a lot of people who look at you and aspire to be just like you. Mm -hmm. What's your final message you would give to the younger generation? I would say whatever your dream is, there's always a positive way to achieve it. Um, sit down in your spare time. If your hobby is something you love, figure out how to monetize from it, i.e. make money. Um, and if you're passionate about it, it will never feel like work. Teachers, family, parents, the older generation will tell you that you're going to need a certain job to maybe finance your side hustle. But if you take sacrifices and work your arse off, and I, and I don't mean eight hours a day, I mean 12, 14, 16 hours a day, sleeping less to make your hobby or whatever you love your full-time job and become financially stable or have generational wealth, it's possible whether you want to be a stream, like a Twitch streamer, a gamer, a YouTuber, a content creator, a footballer, a pop star, a singer, a ballerina, dancer, whatever you want a fucking day, there's a way to make it happen. Think outside the box. Google has all your answers. School does not. Go home, use your time to your advantage, study, research, and I say, and, I, and again, work your arse off and make shit happen. And then you'll be in the position to be able to then tell your experience and your story to the younger generation that's your age currently, and you'll be inspired in the world as well. So just whatever your dream is, go chase it, make it work, make it happen, and then you'll be sitting here on a podcast telling your story and spreading whatever message you've got to the younger generation. Amazing. I'm on fire today. Yeah, you are, you are. Damn. That's amazing. Because <laughs> on this podcast, we have a closing tradition. Yep. Where our previous guest leaves a question for our next guest, mm -hmm. which is you. And um, the previous guest, Ethan, left you a question and it goes, have you ever quit in the past? And if so, do you regret it? Um, I've never quit. I've took a pause, mainly to reassess. Unfortunate events have happened to maybe force me to take a break. Um, but again, I take the breaks as an advantage and time for me to reassess, to restructure and get back on my shit. So that pause was a good thing? Sometimes it is. Just not only use a pause if it's forced upon you by unfortunate events. Um, I feel like too many people maybe feel like they want a break or a pause and <laughs> use the excuse, I need to reevaluate. Reevaluate in your bed when you're up for half an hour on your phone. Do you get me? Mm -hmm. So again, that dark period of mine was almost uncontrollable. But I used that time once I started getting better to reevaluate my whole life, learn who I truly am, then start planning my business. So that period was a massive break, but I flipped my life around because of it. Thank you, Kaz. Do you want me to leave a question now? Or is it off camera? No, off camera. Off camera. camera. Yeah. We'd just like to say um, thank you, Kaz, for traveling, traveling down from Scotland. Definitely a great person. If anyone's watching at home, make sure you go and check out Kazzy's documentary. Thank yep. you, boys. I know. Thanks for having me, man. Thank you. If you made it to this far in the episode, be sure to subscribe, like, and leave a comment down below. It helps a lot more than you guys know. <laughs>